Hey, Christian, I've got, I want to begin tonight with a question. You probably know that you're blessed, but do you know how much? Do you know how much you're blessed? Most Christians would say, I'm blessed. You'll see it on the bumper sticker. You'll see it even on some ladies' shirts, maybe even some men. I'm blessed. I think I've seen it somewhere recently, somewhere if I ran into somebody. Blessed, I'm blessed. We're blessed. We even say it. But tonight we're going to see the blessing of God on the believer, and we're going to see it to the lavish extent that it is. Amen? If you're a believer here tonight, you will see God's blessing on you. And you need to see it. You need to be reminded of it. Our text tonight is Genesis 26. It's a chapter that gives us a little peek into the life of Isaac. You look, we look at right now, we're in that section of Genesis where we're looking at the patriarchs, the three great patriarchs of the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of the three, we have the least amount of information, the least about, uh, uh, biographical information about Isaac, believe it or not. It's a lot of stuff on Abraham, a lot of stuff on Jacob. Isaac, just this little couple, pair, you know, just few sentences, few passages, really. And tonight we come to one of those passages and we get a little sneak peek into the life of Isaac. And one of the things that we notice with Isaac is the great blessing of God upon him. The great blessing of God upon him. And I know that he is a type, he's a picture of Christ, and we've talked about that all the way back in Genesis 22. But tonight we'll see that the, the life of the believer in Isaac, that, that those that trust in God, those that are believing upon him, are blessed of the Lord. And so we're going to see that. So let's take a look at this tonight. If you're taking notes, first point is this, possessing the promise of God's presence and blessing. Possessing the promise of God's pre presence and blessing. Let's pick it up in, a, in Genesis 26, verse 1. It says this. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, she is my sister. For he was afraid to say, she is my wife. Because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. And then Abimelech called to Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? 
And Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might soon have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all of his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him, and now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his, father, his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, you are much mightier than we. Let's stop there. I want to talk to you tonight about this, possessing the promise of God's presence and blessing, having it. Possessing it. What? Two things. The presence of God and the blessing of God. The basic idea that we see here in the passage that we've read was this. That the blessing of God, the covenant of God, the presence of God is something that's going to be, that, wants, that God wants to pass down to the subsequent generations. And those subsequent generations then have an opportunity to, to hear it, to receive it, to believe upon it themselves. They have to exercise. Each successive generation has to exercise their own faith towards the message that God brings, the message of the gospel, the message of salvation. God told Isaac to dwell in the land. If the, the passage begins with the, that there was a famine in the land. If you'll remember from our discussion of Abraham, there was a famine during Abraham's time, and Abraham also went down the way of the Philistines and actually ended all, all the way up in Egypt. Now there's a famine. It's a different famine. This is actually many decades later, and there's another famine in the land. And Isaac went down to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. So he goes down from where he is, and he continues on down to the land of the Philistines. And then the land of the Philistines is kind of the, that last piece of land before you get to Egypt. So it's kind of heading towards Egypt. It's, you know, Isaac's kind of, it's like he's going that direction. He, well, let's, go, let's go to Egypt. I think dad said something about he went down to Egypt when there was a famine. And so maybe that's in his mind. And he comes to King Abimelech. But then you come to verse 2 here, and it said, And the Lord appeared to him. The Lord appeared to Isaac, and he said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. So he doesn't want him to do what his father did. He wants him to stay in the land. There, he's he's going to connect with Isaac. He's going to connect the covenant with the land and the blessing. And the idea of hearing the word of God and trusting it, believing it, obeying it. So God told him, hey, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in the land. This was the, this was the commandment that Abraham or that Isaac was given to obey. We're all given commandments. And in, in, you look at the Old Testament and they were given specific callings, specific commandments. And we talked about it on Wednesday night. You know, Noah, his command was to build the ark. Abraham, leave the land. Leave your family's land and go to a land I will tell you. Then he received another command. 
Take your son, your only son Isaac, the one that you love. Take him to a land I will show you and offer him as a burnt offering. So there are those commands that God gives us to obey. And here's the one for Isaac. Don't go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land. Stay in the land. And if Isaac would dwell in the land, God would do two things. He says, I'll be with you and I'll bless you. When you obey the Lord, when you come into right covenant with him, when you come into covenant relationship with God, God's going to do two things in, in your life. He's going to come, he's going to bring his presence to bear upon your life, and he's going to bring his blessing to bear upon your life. And so the, the, the person of God, the child of God, the, the, the person of the kingdom has, has two great things. You, you, you might have walked in here tonight and you say, I got nothing. I got nothing good going on in my life. You know, I got no friends. I got no people. You know, I, I look at all, I saw something on Facebook. I got, you know, somebody said, I got 400 friends and I'm lonely. Right? We're living in the digital age where we've got all this information. And, you know, the, there's a joke about having people over. Come on over tonight. We're having a bunch of people to come on over. and We're going to all stare at our phones. Right? You know, that's the day and age that we live in. Right? But whatever your situation is, I'm here to tell you that if you'll trust God, if you've come into the kingdom, if you obey the gospel, if you go obey the command of the gospel, then you've got two great things going on in your life. You've got the presence of God. And you've got the blessing of God. Now the Lord here is speaking directly to Isaac. He's delivering it to Isaac. And there are a couple great truths. A couple really great important truths here. One is the blessing of God flows through the generations. The blessing of God flows through the generations. You see, you may have had a grandfather or a father who loved the Lord, who accepted Christ. You may have had a grandmother or mother, or maybe an aunt or somebody in your family that loved the Lord. And because of the relationship, the covenant relationship that they had with Jesus Christ and the tremendous blessing and presence of Jesus that comes into that person's life, what happens is when, when that happens in our lives, it just spills out onto everybody around us, especially our kids. The people that live immediately with us, the people that come in regular contact with us are going to just get, you know, the, there's the living water of the Holy Spirit's flowing and some of the water is going to get out and touch on you. Some of the blessings, some of the presence, you're going to feel something sometimes. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna know that you're blessed. And it's because of the blessing that God has brought upon that believing parent or believing grandparent or, or whatever. And so the blessing of God flows through the generations. Those who have a relationship with the Lord enter into tremendous blessing. We've mentioned this verse in, in our Wednesday night study, but Ephesians 1, Paul tells, uh, Paul tells the church at Ephesus this, and it's opening, the opening to the letter in Ephesus, to the church at Ephesus, he says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And so the child of God has tremendous blessing from God. When you come into a relationship with Christ, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a lot. Every spiritual blessing that God has for you, you've been blessed with. You need to realize that you need to take hold of it. You need to walk in these blessings. We need to stop walking around as if we're not blessed and stop walking around as woe is me. Have the joy of the Lord and walk in the blessing of God. Amen? Amen. 
the blessing of God doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the exact circumstance. You can be going through tremendous hardship. You can be going through tremendous opposition in your life, but you're still blessed. Why? Because you've got the presence of God in your life. You've been brought into covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. The blessing inevitably falls on the children of the child of God. In that sense, they can enjoy some of the blessing of God indirectly. And it's God's blessing on the parent, but it flows over and falls on the kids. If you were grown up in a Christian home or like remote, remotely a Christian home, with some semblance of the Lord, there was some blessing there. And people might grow up, a lot of people, especially in America, have grown up with that. And they would even say, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I'm blessed. Yeah, I, Lord, all that stuff. But I don't really need to get into all that God stuff. I grew up in it, and I get it, and I, whatever. But I don't need to get into all that God stuff. No, you're experiencing the blessing of God because of the blessing of God on your parent, your father, your mother, your grandfather, your grandmother. And because you're experiencing it, you need to understand this, that it flows from the relationship that that, that, that parent or, or, or grandparent has, but God wants to speak it directly to you. Just because you had a little bit flow down from that relationship that, that your parents had or your grandparents had, God wants to, 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 to bring it directly into your life. He wants to speak it directly to you. And just as he did with Abraham, and Abraham was certainly blessed, certainly blessed of the Lord. And Isaac experienced that blessing. He received the inheritance of the whole household, right? But God yet still showed up on this occasion and said, don't go down to uh, Egypt Stay in the land, and I'm gonna, my presence is going to be with you, and I'm going to bless you. And God wants to speak it to every generation. In order for the second generation to walk in the fullness of God's blessing, they must enter into covenant themselves. Maybe you've been walking in your life through life just, just on the spillover from another generation, from somebody else. God wants to speak it directly to you. You need to come in to covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to personally experience the fullness of God's blessing. And you must have your own relationship with God. There, there really aren't any, you know, God doesn't have, he's got all first generation kids, right? He's got sons and daughters. He's got sons and daughters. It, I don't read anywhere, the grandsons of the Lord. The granddaughters of the Lord. No. He's got sons and daughters. Amen? Amen. And we've got to come into relationship with God ourselves. We must enter the covenant. We have, we have the new covenant relationship with God through Christ, right? Jesus said, we, we, he said it when he came to the Passover meal that he celebrated with the disciples. He said, he took the cup after supper and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. You see, they're, they're, what we're talking about here is the old covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. Then there was the Mosaic covenant, which all kind of point forward, led forward to the new covenant. Christ says, you have a new covenant in me. You have a new covenant. Because I've done the work, I've paid the price, I laid my life down, believe this, that my body was broken for you, my blood was shed for you for the remission of sins. 
and believing upon that, trusting it, having confidence in it, inviting the Lord into your life. It's going to bring his presence into your life. It's going to bring blessing into your life. It's going to bring blessing into your life for all of your days and to the life of your family. But you must enter into the covenant. The Lord spoke this and executed the covenant with Abraham, and now he's speaking it directly to Isaac personally. And the Lord does this. Now, once we enter into the covenant with Jesus, when we enter into covenant relationship with Jesus, we come into the kingdom. We immediately have the promise of his presence and blessing. That's when we receive it. It's kind of like, you know, it's like kind of the, um, it's like, hey, you know, welcome to the family. Here's your, you know, here's your, here's your uh, you know, gifts, your welcome gifts, right? That's a good way to put it. The presence of God, the blessing of God. The presence of God. In Ephesians, that same verse, that same passage, later in that same chapter, actually it's one sentence in Greek. It's actually the longest sentence in the New Testament. Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 14. Anyways, this is 13 and 14, and it says this, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What's that? What's it say? It means when you came into the kingdom, when you came into the covenant, you received, verse three, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and you received as a guarantee the deposit of the Holy Spirit that is the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Talked about it last week. Know you not, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've got the presence of God with you. Christian, you've got God with you. He's for us, not against us. And he's here to bring blessing into your life. So we have his presence with us always. You're never alone. You're never alone. He's always with you. He's always there for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And his blessing will be upon you. His presence will be with you and his blessing will be upon you, Christian. Look at verse three. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Dwell in this land, Isaac, and I will be with you and bless you. The key to this is, to, is his obedience his obedience to stay in the land. A person who truly believes God's promises, obeys his statutes, his precepts, his commands, and he believes the gospel, he comes into right relationship, covenant relationship, he receives the presence of God, the blessing of God, and it's on him. And when you enter into a sin, You're in relationship with God. You've been justified. Right? The atoning work has been appropriated to your life. But there's a misdeed. There's a sin. Oh, no, the blessing of God's gone. Oh, really? Well, let's keep reading. Let's go back to verse 7. So the men of the place asked about his wife. Verse six, Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she's my sister. Well, that's not even remotely true. Even his father, who said the same thing twice, 
And that was a fib, was like a half-truth, really, for his dad, remember? It's not even remotely true for him, for Isaac. She's my sister. She's my sister. Because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebecca, because she was beautiful to look at. <laughs> she was a looker, right? You didn't know there were lookers in the Bible? Yeah, they're lookers. All these patriarchs had beautiful women. You know? Amen? Amen. I'm a big believer in that. She's beautiful to behold. So, what's he doing? Where did he get this from? He had to have heard. I mean, the Holy Spirit recorded it twice for us, what Abraham did in, in Genesis, right? Twice! He had to have heard. And that's why we've got to be careful. Because people are looking on at us. and like, oh, well, you know, he did that. Maybe I can do it, too. It's not going to be so bad. He, he seemed to get away with it and was blessed, right? And that's why we got to be careful with what we do, how we present ourselves. We got to be that good example. We're never going to, there's no perfect example. There's only one perfect example. Amen? The author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. He's the author and finisher, perfecter. But, but we can be a good example for our kids, for those around us, and we need to consider that. But it came to pass, after he'd been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of Philist the Philistines, looked through the window and he saw there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah's wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she's your wife. So how could you do this? How could you say that she's my sister? So it's like he's caught up in the whole thing and... So Abimelech said, well, Isaac explains himself. And so the solution was Abimelech charged all of his people, verse 11, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. So you have the covenant spoken to, to Isaac, the command to stay, to not go to, to Egypt. And then you have this little slip up, Right? but God's still with him. Amen? God's still with him. Look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in the land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The Lord blessed him. The, Lord's, the, Lord, the blessing of the Lord is going to be upon you. Yeah, if you sin. John wrote his letter, first. 1 John, he says, I write, this, I write these things to you that you may not sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate. That's chapter 2 and chapter 1. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we're, it's under the blood. We're in covenant with God. And as we continue to walk with the Lord, we're continuing to, to obey the command of the gospel, God's blessing is going to continue to be on us. God's blessing was on Isaac. Isaac sowed in the land and re reaped in the same year a hundredfold. I thought that was interesting because, you know, you read in Scripture about reaping, and it'll always say some reap 30, 60, and a hundredfold. 
Isaac, 100-fold, right? <laughs> no 30, no 60, 100-fold. He was blessed of the Lord, amen? It's a blessing to walk with the Lord. It's a blessing to know. Blessed is the man whose sins will not be counted against him. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly and the, uh, the, the, the scornful, but, 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 but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the Lord, and he's like a tree planted by the river. Blessed. There's blessing, 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 blessing to be in relationship with God. Amen? And you're going you're gonna to reap as you sow in the land where God has put you. And Isaac sowed and he reaped a hundredfold. I love verse 13. I read this over and over and over again. Listen to this. Listen, listen to this verse right in the middle of this chapter. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. The word prosper is in this sentence three times. Amen? What do you think the Lord's trying to communicate about Isaac and the relationship that he had with the Lord. That, there's, that the Lord is bringing him to a place of prosperity, to a place of blessing. And God wants to do it in your life. Amen? Amen. Verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So God wants to do all this because Why? Because you're his. You're, you're his child. He's spoken his command to you. He's spoken his gospel to you. Did you believe it? Did you trust it? Have you come into right relationship with him? Are you in the covenant? Then you've got the presence of God. He's dwelling with you. You've got the blessing of God. The blessing is upon you. Now walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Let him be the glory and lifter of your head. Walk around. The Lord's with me. And I'm blessed. And I'm, there's so many blessings that God is bringing about in your life. Now, if you're taking notes, stay with me. The second point is this, the blessing in the face of opposition. The blessing in the face of opposition. Let's go back to our text. Verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, so the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells, which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek, because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called the name of that well Sitna, and he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. 
Then he went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him that same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you and I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called the name of the Lord. And, and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath one of his friends, and Fickle, the commander of the army. And Isaac said to him, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So, so we said, Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now blessed of the Lord. So we made them a feast, and they ate and drank, and they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them the way, and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass that same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Okay, so possessing the blessing, the presence and the blessing of God. Secondly, the blessing in the face of opposition. Isaac sowed in the land, and he flourished and was blessed. In his first year, he sowed in the land, and he reaped a hundredfold. And he was prosperous. He prospered and continued prospering until he was very prosperous. Amen? Verse 13. Let that be your memory verse. It has been said that there are... Now, now look. There, there, are, there are multiple kinds of... There's different kinds of prosperity, Right? And when most people think of prosperity, you think of economic prosperity, right? God, God wants us to have economic prosperity, but that's, that's just kind of a portion of it. I mean, I mean just to, 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 to say that this is the, 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 the end-all, be-all is, is, to, is to miss of all the, the blessing that God wants to bring into your life, the, the success and the prosperity in your life is, 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 is this wide life. It's life to the full, Amen. It's not just economics. It's not just economy. Right. Well, it, I, I did want to touch on this economic prosperity for a second. Um, because there's talk about, there's a lot of talk about prosperity and poverty and all this. And it's been said that there are three rules to follow that will guarantee you won't end up in poverty in America. You want to know what the three rules, if you follow these three rules... There have been studies. Brookings Institute has done studies. If you follow these three rules, you will not end up in poverty in America. Number one, graduate high school. Number two, get a job. And number three, do not have children out of wedlock. This is, this is absolute. I can show you the studies. Well, whatever, Brookings Institute. If you follow these three rules... It's upper 90s percentile of that you will not be in poverty in the United States of America if you follow these, these three rules. Now, if you want to be successful and blessed of the Lord, follow these three rules and then come into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ so that on top of this, that you can have the presence of God and the blessing of God upon your life. And as you do this and you obey the precepts and the principles that God has commanded us to obey, that we're going to have 
uh, we're going to prosper. We're going to begin to prosper. We're going to continue to prosper until we're very prosperous. Amen? Because that's what God wants to do. Later in the, in the Torah, Moses would say this as, re, as he's reminding the people of God. Deuteronomy 29, verse 9, I have it up on the screen for you. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. In all that you do. And there was things about every, every little thing in your life. There was ways to, 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 to you know, eat. There was ways to go about your week. There was ways to worship God. There was ways to conduct your life in terms of your relationships and your business and, and everything. And so, God, it's, it's a surefire plan. <laughs> it's a surefire plan to, to, to be prosperous and blessed in the Lord. Amen? It's incredible. But the, but, but the Philistines looked on and they said, a hundredfold, a <laughs> hundredfold harvest? And they were envious of the prosperity. And what did they do? They filled the wells that Abraham and Abraham's men had dug with the earth, with dirt. And Abimelech said to him, go away from us. So they filled the wells, and Abimelech said, Go away. Now, I, don't, I, I forgot to re reference this. Abimelech is kind of like a title. You see this name coming up? It's, it's a title. It's the Philistine king, okay? And it's this name that kind of just passes down to the successive Philistine kings. And so he says, go away from us. They wanted him gone. They filled in the wells of his water source. Okay, we're going to take your we're going to take your water away. And, and, and in that culture, I mean, you had, to have, you had to have a water source. They took that away and they said, okay, we want you out of here. Trying to root him out of the area. And so Isaac left the area and he encamped in the valley of Gerar. And he continued to search for water. And, and, and he faced opposition there too. Isaac and his men dug wells there. And the people of the area claimed that the wells and the water were there, theirs. He dug a well. His, his men dug a well. And, they, and, the, and, the, and the people of the area said, this is our well, this is our water. So he called the name of the well Essek, which means dispute. So then he found another area and he dug another well and found some more water. And the people said, well, that's our water, that's our, that's our water, that's our water. So he called that well Sitna, which means opposition. Dispute and opposition. This is, this is the names of these two wells. So, so the first one happened. He said, okay, it's yours. I'll keep moving on. He did it again. All right, there's opposition. He really kept kind of backing up. And the commentators, when I was reading about this, they talked about, how, they talked about the meekness of Isaac. They talked about the, the man who went with his father up to the mountain and carried the wood of the sacrifice, walking in agreement. Yeah, that guy yeah. is this guy who now in the face of opposition, in the face of this, is digging these wells and he just, he's backing up. There's a dispute. He's backing up. There's opposition. So Isaac refused to fight back in that sense and he continued to relinquish one well after another into the Philistines 
left him alone, basically. Why? Because he came and he found another place and they dug another well and they didn't bother him over that well. Dug the well. Oh, we got some water flowing here. We got some well. Okay, this is good. Okay, no disputes, no opposition. Everything's good. Going once, going twice. <laughs> okay, this is good. And what, did, and what did he call He named that well Rehoboth, which means room. Rehoboth speaks of the room provided by the Lord. Because you're blessed of the Lord, because he's with you, he's going to bring you through even the times of dispute and opposition, and he's going to bring you to that wide open space where you will have room to continue to be the person that God's called you to be, continue to walk in the presence of God, the blessing of God, and the prosperity that God wants to bring into your life. Amen? In the midst of dispute, in the midst of opposition. If you keep trusting in and believing the Lord, he's going to bring you to a place where there's room for you, where you can get away from the disputes and oppositions. Want to get away? Not with Southwest, with the Lord, to Rehoboth, amen? To a place where God is going to, even in the face of dispute and opposition, God's going God's to carve out that space with you. And you know where that space is? That space is in that relationship with the Lord. Sometimes it's all crazy out here. But in here, it's the peace of the Lord. Why? Because there's that space, that room of the Lord on the inside. Amen? And no one can ever take that away from us. And, and we have that place with the Lord. So Abimelech, so he... he has moved all the way out, and Abimelech comes out to meet him, and he says, well, wait, why, why you, why, I left. Why are you coming out to meet with me? You hate me. <laughs> What's this all about? Right? Isn't that what he said? We read that. He, he says, look, you don't like me. You, don't, you, you want me gone. He says, look, we didn't bother you. We know you're big and mighty. We want to have a covenant with you that, that we'll continue not to bother you, and you, you don't bother us. You don't do anything to us. So Isaac agrees. He throws him a feast, feeds him, and sends him on his way. And Isaac makes it down, and he has this well at Sheba. We found water. His men says, we've dug a well, and said to him, we have found water, verse 32. Verse 33, so he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. And God, so God brings him back, really, from just, you know, the outskirts. There was one commentator, actually more than one, that talked about him kind of going all the way out to the edge of the land and him wanting to go into Egypt. I mean, you could kind of tell he was going down into Egypt. There's a famine. Dad went down to Egypt. Let's go down there. And... At this point, God's saying, no, 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 I want to keep you in the land. I want to keep you in the land. And sometimes we can go to the edge of where God wants us. We, pre we press it all the way out to the edge. 
And then I think if we're truly walking with the Lord, even though he allows us to go all the way out to the edge, he, he kind of brings us back. He brings us back into the kind of the center of, of that promised land, so to speak. So it's the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord upon you as you enter into covenant relationship with God, as you hear the gospel, as you hear the command, as you obey, as you walk with the Lord, even when you stumble and fall, you have an advocate and you continue to walk with the Lord and the blessing of God continues on and on through your life. And so we come up to the last, the last verse or last two verses. And this is kind of an interesting ending because you have this whole chapter, right? I've always found it interesting when looking at the Bible because you'll look at this whole passage and you'll say, oh, this was interesting and this was kind of wild how God did this whole thing with this person. And then there'll be this couple sentences and it's like, it's like has, it appears on the surface to have nothing to do with everything that you just read. But somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit's trying to get a message across there, okay? So look at verse 26. I'm sorry, chapter 26, verse 34. When Esau was 40 years old, he took his wives Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, and Basemath, the daughter of Elan, the Hittite, and they were a grief of the mind to Isaac and Rebekah. So here you have this whole passage about Isaac and the blessing of God, and the speaking of the covenant, and this whole thing, right? Hundredfold prosperity and blessing and all this. And then here we have this couple of verses on who Esau married. And it really is as if the Holy Spirit is wanting to contrast the person who doesn't want to really walk in the, the blessing of God. Who doesn't really want to obey the command, who really doesn't want to hear the voice of the Lord, who doesn't really want to walk in the ways of the Lord. When Esau was 40 years old, he took his wives, Judith and Basemath. Judith, I've heard of Judith. I've heard of a Judith. I've never heard of a Basemath. But they were the, 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 she was the daughter of Elon. I guess no relation to Elon Musk, but um, it was Elon the Hittite. And verse 35, and they were a grief of the mind of Isaac and Rebekah. A grief. So here's this blessed man who sees his son, Esau, whom he, whom he loved, he liked, loved, loved and liked, but he was grieved. He was grieved at the choice. He was grieved at the, the direction that he was going with that. And it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's just a little picture for us that here we have Isaac, the person 
walking in the blessing of the Lord. And then from this moment forward, we see Esau beginning to walk in a direction away from the blessing of God and away from the direction that God would have for his life. And so that's the picture. And so really, when you see it in the context of the whole message, I, I, I want to I follow Isaac's example. I want to hear the I want to hear the command. I want to hear the gospel. I want to hear when, when God says, stay in the land and I will be with you and I will bless you. I want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear the Lord speak to you like that? If you do, if you hear him, if you respond, if you obey, if you walk with God, if you have that covenant relationship with him, he'll be with you and he'll bless you and the blessing will be upon you all the days of your life.